You know, sometimes you can look up how to do something on YouTube. Sometimes you can't. Jim takes questions on storm doors, P-traps, soaker hoses, and lots more. And by the way, sometimes you can learn how to do something watching one of Jim's videos at THIPro.com. This is the super podcast of Texas Home Improvement. Here's Jim Dutton. Mary, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Hi, Jim. Thank you for taking my call. I always trust you and your advice. I need a direction to go here. Um, okay. I've got a little bit of a dilemma on my hands. I have a Larson storm door. And initially, after I got it in, we found out there was a scratch on the top. They at least honored that. I couldn't prove it because I'd already had the door installed. They sent me the part, and it's kind of like a compartment. It's got a pull-down screen, uh-huh. and it's bevel glass. So I still have that. I've never been able to find a company to put it in or a contractor or a handyman. It's supposed to be one of those good old easy do-it-yourself doors and not a problem. I've YouTubed it. I've done everything I can think of. Now, as I've had my lawn company bust the bottom glass completely shattered. Now I have the bottom part. I can order it through Larson. And get that part. The problem is I'm still stuck with, I can't find anybody to install it. I've even had Glass Company tell me they refuse to install it because it's a Larson door and it's more difficult than it, they say it is. Okay. So I'm stuck. And I and I found one company here in the Fort Worth area that said that I they might consider it. I had to take the door down and p- take it to their office or to their store. And then they'd look at it, and then if they could, they would, they could put the glass in, but they weren't sure if they could. I've also had another company say it's third party; they won't touch it. All right. Where do I go from there? I'm gonna give you the name of a company that you can call, and all they do is replacement glass in doors and windows and things like that. Okay. And it's it's called the Glass Truck. And okay. they they literally come out to your place, uh, you know, and like if it's, uh, say, and, and this is just for everybody listening now, say you've got uh, replacement windows and or even new, constr- new builder's grade windows and the double pane glass breaks, they can make a new glass pack and put it in for you. And so I would okay. think they'd be able to handle this for, for your door as well. Uh, I don't have a phone number on them, but I know their website is theglasstruck.com. Okay. And there'll be a phone number there that you can call. Okay. Is it is it would it be better if I go ahead and have Larson's build the bottom glass cuz it's beveled and the frame would match my door versus uh, and have More than likely, but I would I would talk I would talk to them first to make sure that they'll put it in for you. Okay. Okay. Because that's why I'm getting the problem is will they put it in as a right. third party. But since that's all right. this company does, uh, you know, I, I would think they would put it in for you. Now, they may have to charge you a pretty fair penny to do it because whether they're selling you the glass or just coming out put your piece of glass, the, the trip and the labor and all that is all the same. Okay. Got it. But at least it's some it's a way to go. Yes, ma'am. Done. 
Okay, yep. theglasstruck.com. Yep. All right, sir. Well, thank you, Jim. I appreciate your time, and you do a great job. And uh, by the way, I did contact uh, Arrington, and they're going to end up replacing my next roof, but they're going to do some work for me in the meantime. Excellent. They're a great company. Oh, good. yes. They're awesome. I love them. Okay. Yep. Thank you, sir. Appreciate You're it. You're welcome. Gary, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Well, good afternoon, Jim. I've got a couple of questions. Um, give me, I'll give you a little history of the house. It burned down a couple of weekends ago. And it's a two-story, and it's sitting on a slab that's rectangular that's probably about 3,500 square feet. We're going to go back with a one-story house, providing the slab is okay. But my question, first question is, can the uh slab be cut to put the the sewer lines in the in the in this concrete i would not recommend it okay and i'm and i'm gonna, i'm going to tell you a, a, just a, a quick story you know commercial buildings they do that all the time and and then they wonder why they have problems with things moving independent of each other but uh you know i'm in the foundation repair business and we tell people all the time don't replace sewer lines by cutting the slab. And we were out at one, oh, probably two months ago now that they had done just that. And when the foundation started moving a little bit, uh, where that cut is is obviously a weak spot now. And yeah. it li- it literally stair-stepped there two inches. Okay. Well, uh, it's on 20, 25 years. I don't know if that makes any difference. It's not a post-tension slab. It's a it's a twenty five year old slab you said. No, twenty five piers. Oh, okay. It's sitting on twenty five piers. Right. Concrete. Well, yeah, but even even though it's uh, sitting on piers and not a post tension slab, when they cut through to lay those pipes, they're cutting all the reinforcement of the concrete, and you can't put it back like it was. So it it does create problems. Are you changing the footprint of the house? Is that why you want to cut? Well, yeah, because it was a two-story house before, and we're going back for the one-story. Right. And it's a rectangular, 30, about 3,600-square-foot 3, slab. So okay. it's a rectangular slab. We should be able to build a house on that without any trouble. But the plumbing is going to be different. Right. Yeah. I don't know if, how they... If, if you were going to tell me that, hey, we only need to cut, you know, five maybe 10 feet across it and then i would say go ahead but if you got to cut you know 20 30 and 40 feet across oh i don't oh yeah yeah okay yeah no okay uh let's see the next question well uh, what about uh if i put a uh, subflooring in it so the plumbing could go under the subflooring in other words raise it up to have a platform of a subflooring is that recommended you can do that, uh, but what you're going to find is if there's ever a problem, access is one way, and that's to tear your floors up. Uh, the other thing you got to watch, though, is how far you're going to make those runs because you got to have a, the slope of the pipe itself, and you may not have, you know, if you only did, say, a 6-inch and you're running 3- or 4-inch pipe in it, that doesn't leave you a lot yeah. of room for the slope of the pipe. Yeah, you're right. Okay, next question uh, what do you know about the like the port and place walls? There's there's styrofoam on each side, yeah. and then they pour concrete down the center of it with rebar. There's different thicknesses of walls. Yep, love them. 
that a good good bet or not? Oh no, I love them. They're they're strong as heck. They're extremely energy efficient. You get no you know air infiltration, none of that kind of stuff. Uh, it's rather pricey to do as compared to regular stick construction, but it, it is it is uh, actually a, a very strong structure and and uh, yeah. very little problems with them. Okay, all right. Well, I knew it was an increase in cost, but it goes up pretty fast. That's one thing. But anyway, yeah. Okay, I think Jim. That's really all I had. I appreciate your input. All righty. Well, you take care. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Again, our number, 1-800-288-9227. That's 1-800-288-9227. Yeah, and anytime you're cutting across a slab, you, you, you've just got to understand all that reinforcement that you've got to cut, whether it's a post tension, a rebar, the wire mesh, it's all there for a reason. And when you cut it, it loses its integrity. And... We're going to have the soil move in, in Texas. That's just part of living in Texas. So when it starts moving and your foundation doesn't have the same integrity it was built with, that becomes a problem. James, how can I help you? Well, uh, it's a plumbing question, Jim. Um, this an old house was built in maybe the 40s or 50s, and I've already talked to the insurance company. If it was a pipe in the wall, it'd be covered. Right. But since it's a pipe pipe in the yard, it's not covered. So I have a leak in the pipe coming from the meter toward to the house, uh, and I know they're going to have to dig a hole or a trench, uh, and I don't know how much of that pipe's going to have to be replaced. Uh, how expensive is something like that? Well, more if if it's the original pipe, it's more than likely. And we are talking about the water line, not the sewer line, right? Right, yes, the water supply, yes. Yeah, okay. So you're talking about an old uh, galvanized pipe, more than likely, uh, because mm-hmm. in, the, in that time era, that's typically what they used in the yard lines. And so you're probably not talking about repairing it. You are talking about replacing it. Uh, how long a run are you looking at? Uh, see, that's just it. I don't know how far, uh, you know, how much of the, the pipe has the damage. I know that it's it's to the oh, point you, it's leaking. You can figure all of it from the meter all the way to the house. Oh, well, goodness, that's that's probably 30 or 40 feet. Yeah. Okay, well, that's not a, that's not a real long run. So, uh, and it's typically only 18 inches deep, so it's not like uh, it requires a huge sum of digging. Uh you know, and more than likely, somebody's going to tell you, let's replace it with PEX. Yeah, you're, you're going to be looking at, I mean, I'm just off the top of my head, not running numbers, probably yeah. three, 4,000, if, if, if that. It, it could be quite yeah. a bit less. Now, if the leak is in one spot and you wanted to buy yourself some time, you know, you could dig up just the one spot put a clamp kit on it and that would buy you a little bit of time, you know, before you had to replace the whole thing. But I, I rest assured tell you it is gonna need to be replaced. Yeah, I mean I was you know, kind of knew that deep down, but uh uh the, the clamp kit, I mean is that something I can get at Home Depot or something and do myself or would it just yes. I still have to get a plumber 
to do nah, it. The, uh, it, it. It actually is something you can do yourself. Can you can you see the wet spot in the yard where the water's oh, coming yes, up? Yeah, the, yeah, there's quite a swamp there. Yes. Okay. So what you'll end up doing is, is going into that swamp and digging down to the pipe. Uh, you'll want a little pump so you can pump out the water. You know, once you start yeah. digging the hole, the water's going to go to the low spot. Uh, just pump it out, and when you get down to the pipe, clean out a section that's probably, oh, about uh, a foot and a half in each direction uh, so that you can get down uh, underneath the pipe as well. And they make, mm-hmm. if if it's a an old ca- uh, galvanized pipe, they make a clamp that basically you can undo the bolts on one side. It opens up. It has rubber seals in it. It goes around the pipe. You clamp it back down, and it seals up over that leak. Now, obviously, if the, the pipe is super deteriorated, you may not be able to do this, but most of the time you're able to do this with those old galvanized pipes. But you're going to have another leak pop up somewhere yeah yeah that's what uh i don't know it's like the snowball effect once the little one starts it just gets bigger and bigger yeah yeah now uh, if it, you energetic i mean you know digging the trench to put in a whole new line when it's only 30 or 40 feet really isn't that bad and that's where mm-hmm. the biggest that's where the biggest part of the money is is getting the trench dug yeah Huh. Uh, well, and what I'm what I'm afraid of is that this probably has an elbow in it somewhere, a 90 degree or something, or two of them, uh, because where the meter is, and then where the the pipe actually runs alongside the house. Yep. You know, it's not a straight <laughs> line. It, it doesn't uh, have to be, and your new line doesn't have to follow that line. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you can you can dig it along any place you want, and if you. Don't make a sharp curve. You make a gradual curve. If you use the pecs, you mm-hmm. don't have to put a joint or anything in it. It'll it'll make the curve for you. Oh. Huh. Okay. Well, uh, you've sure given me uh, more information. Well, I can fix I this problem to... for you. Let me, are, are you married? Uh, no, sir. Uh, you're lucky because I was going to talk to your wife and, and tell her how to do it. She'd make sure you got it done. <laughs> You, Jim, you guy, you. James, you take care, and if you have any questions on it, just give me a holler. I'll I'll see what I can do to help you out with it, okay? Okay. Well, do you all come to Weatherford? Does Do West Plumbing come to Weatherford? Yes, sir, we do. Okay, great. Well, you you feel free to give us a call, and we'd be more than happy to come out there and take a look at it for you. Edna, how can I help you today? Hi. You were mentioning earlier to some lady about a magnetic Something to put on, you could use on the window for noise control. Was it magnetic or magna or what was the word? Do uh, you remember? Yes, ma'am. The company, uh, there used to be a company, and I'm, I'm, I think they're still in business called Magnetite. Magna. And basically, yeah, what what it is is it's a plexi type material, and it uses a magnetic strip around the window. And this magnetically attaches to it, so you know it, it creates that dead air space. But it does a tremendous job with noise canceling as well. Okay, and it's mag magna tight. T Y P E. I I can't remember if they spelled it T I T E or T I G H T, but magna tight was the name of the company. Yeah, tight. Okay, well I appreciate. It. I couldn't remember. Thank you so much. Have a 
Have a good day. You as well. Thank you. Chris, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey, Jim. Uh, good to talk to you again. Hey, um, we had a, a kind of a flood in the upstairs bathroom a few years back, um, and it, it was kind of a weird situation. My daughter's bathroom upstairs, of course, you know, teenage girls, they put a lot of products down their uh, sinks. Well, the air conditioner condensate lines, uh-huh. um, I'm not talking about the emergency overflow from the pans that are suspended underneath them. Right. But it's piped into a hose barb on the side of a P-trap there. And Correct. I was like, I, I really don't think that's the most, the, the best practice to do for a condensate line because what had happened is the P-trap got clogged up with um, hair and products and wh- whatever young ladies use in the bathroom, right? Um, right. And, and, and it, it ended up, while they were out of town, it overflowed the sink, and I came home one Friday, uh, bachelor weekend, and I'm going to, I picked up some wings, and I was going to watch Indiana Jones and play with the dogs. <laughs> And uh, it's just water in the downstairs and the and the in the kitchen was just dripping on top of the stuff. And I finally figured out what it was, and um, and uh, identified where the problem was. We've gotten it all fixed and repaired, but it's still the process is still the same. So now I go in there every six months, double check that P trap, make sure it's cleaned out and things of that nature. But I seem to remember in my my previous home. It was a copper line that ran right out through the brick with a little 90 degree, uh, 90 degree piece of copper pipe, and it would just drip outside rather than run it into the um, uh, your regular, you know, sewer water, your your disposable water. Right. So, could I change that and maybe plumb it into a vent pipe uh, of some sort that are all very close to the attic, uh, to, to the units in the attic, to something that where I can prevent this from happening again? In the event, you know, I don't. They sorry, used to they used to tie them into vent pipes. Now originally they they ran them outside just like you were talking about, and they'd drop them into a bucket uh, that was buried in the ground with gravel in it, and with and the, there was holes in the bucket so the water could leach out. Then they started tying them into the vent stacks. Then they went underneath because they wanted the P trap on it. Uh, you know, it can go to any one of the places. I can tell you down in the Houston market, the city code has changed, and they're putting them back outside again. And I have, you know, both an HVAC company and a foundation repair company. And the foundation guys, we love them dripping water outside in one isolated spot like that because it creates ma- major havoc with foundations. Uh, but... Uh, if you want to tie it into the P-trap, uh, in, into the uh, vent stack, it may or may not meet code currently in your city. Different cities have different codes on where you can tie it in. But I can tell you it's done all over the place that way, and it's it's not a big problem. Into the vent stack? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, now, if the I, vent I'm stack... Curious to why if, they, if, I'm curious to why they don't have their own independent drain line. Because it's too easy to tie into something else that's existing, and it's only putting out 10 or 15 gallons a day. Right. Well, yeah, I figured it had to do with cost of uh, new home builders and stuff like that. Yep. But, you know, if if you run it into the vent stack, if the sewer 
pipe ever plugs up, you're still dumping water into the system that's going to back up somewhere in the house. So do you think I would be allowed to just replumb something and drill it through the brick and everything and then just drop it outside, call it a day? What city limits are you within, Grapevine? Yes, sir. I don't remember if Grapevine allows you to do that or not. Okay. Uh, All right. I, I can tell you with the soils in Grapevine, I wouldn't do it if it was my house. With the clay? Yeah, okay. Yep. I got you. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, sir. I might I might call your plumbing uh, division and uh, see how, if I, they come take a look old, at it and give me some advice. How old is your daughter? She Actually, she just uh, turned 16 uh, a couple weeks ago. Mo- monitor that that uh, pee trap another couple years and she'll be gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, it, it, it happened less than a year we moved in the house. I have a feeling yep. the previous owner's uh, daughter was in that room as well. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay. All right. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate the advice. You bet. Take care. Gary, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hey, Jim. How you doing today? Wonderful. How about you? <laughs> good, good. So the beans that hold up the roof between my breezeway and the little roof over my um, sliding door, they're rotted at the bottom. And I'm okay. wondering if that's something that I can do myself. I'm fairly handy, but I'm thinking, I think I can do that. What do you think? And when you say the beams, you're talking about the beam that runs from pole to pole? Or are you talking well, about the I'm poles themselves? Maybe I'm talking about the poles. The poles themselves. They're like four-by-fours? Okay, yeah, and they, and they come down and sit on the concrete? Yes, yeah, and that's where uh, they're yes. rotten out is on the concrete. You absolutely can do that yourself. Okay, just go buy new beams and jack up the roof a little bit so that it doesn't fall when I take the old one out. And Should I attach it to the concrete again, or do they make something I can uh, – should I put a plate underneath there? Or Well, you know, how much have they rotted off on the bottom? Usually it's only a, a couple inches. You know what? i got to be honest with you. I, I don't know. It, it does look like, you know, it's rotted all the way around, and I just assume that it's about ready to detach. I, I don't know. Okay. I, haven't, I haven't poked it. Well, here's the reason I'm asking. A lot of times what you can do is, like you were just talking about, put some temporary supports uh, on each side of that post and, and put it like two foot away on each side just to, to hold it up. And you can pick it up just a little bit, cut the bottom of that post off, and then you just cut a new piece of treated lumber to put in underneath there, put the post back down, and trim it with a, a one by 6 around it. And it looks like a nice trimmed-out post. Saves you a whole lot of hassle. Um, okay. Now I see what you're saying there, yeah. But I, I, I being the OCD person I am, I'd have to trim them all with one one by 6 because they got to match. Um, I, I would, I would expect that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I never thought of just replacing the bottom. I thought, okay, just replace the whole thing. Yeah. Well, now you can replace the whole thing if you want, but a lot of times what you'll find is the post isn't on the top. It's not just everything sitting on top of it. The post goes up inside and things are attached. Oh, and oh, so it's a lot easier... It was- it's a lot easier just to cut the bottom off and trim all of them. Okay. Yeah, there's only about five of them. Okay. I never thought that they – I thought they just went up and ended right at the roof line there or at the uh, 
Oh, they go up all the way into the roof. A lot of times, yes. Okay. Oh, great. Okay, great. Great idea. Thank you. I appreciate now, your help. When you trim them, either use treated lumber or hardy, one or the other, so that, so that you don't have to mess with it again. You have to do it again. Okay. Oh, yeah, hardy would be, it wouldn't rot out again. Yep. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. You bet. You take care. Hello, John. Hey, uh, I just wanted to ask a follow-up question on, uh, while ago you was talking to that guy about replacing the galvanized pipe from his water meter up to his house. Yeah. And uh, you, you said something about using PEX, and uh, PEX is kind of a new thing to me. I've, I've done quite a bit of remodeling, but not lately. The kind of PEX was just kind of coming in when I quit doing that. And uh, what i got to do is replace my galvanized pipe from my well house up to my house. And uh, so it's okay to put pecs in the, in the ground, and it's going to be there from now on? Yes, sir. Okay. Hmm. Yep. And uh, and they make other poly pipes that you could use as well. Yep. But uh, you know, the nice thing about pecs is, uh, you know, one, you're going to be able to run it without having to have any joints in it the full yep. length. Uh, yep. Where it does come up out of the ground, should it ever happen to freeze or something, the PEX expands, and when it thaws out, shrinks back down to its original size. Uh, it yeah, doesn't um, break. Yeah, I remember them talking about that when it was coming out. Uh, if you got time, uh, can I ask you another question that's occurred Absolutely. to me? Absolutely, go ahead. And this this is another kind of follow-up question, but you were talking to the guy earlier about uh, watering around his uh, uh, foundation. Yeah. And uh, you said, uh, like, put a soaker hose would you do you put it like right against the foundation or do you want to put it out a little bit away from the foundation or what? Twelve to eighteen inches away from the foundation. Okay. All right. That's kinda of what I was thinking. My yeah. niece lives down Bastrop and her whole house is kinda of moving around on her. Oh my, yeah. Uh, Bastrop is a great area for this yeah. it, it, black oh, yeah. gumbo clay and pine trees oh, yeah. and everything. Yeah. And plus the people that built that old house didn't do a very good job. <laughs> yep. They, I think it's, I'm not 100% sure, but I think it's two rectangular pads, you know, that they did by hand where they would take that bull float, you know, and reach out there as far as they can and do one and then pour yep. the other one and do it, you know. Yep. I think that's what she's got. So I'll, uh, I'll tell her to try that. Yeah, if, if, she'll, if you'll tell her to go to our website, thipro.com, uh, yeah. I've got a video there showing her how to do it as well as the uh, okay. instructions. All right. Well, I sure appreciate it. You bet. Uh, you sure take care. Yep. Thank you, sir. So I had an email come in from uh, Janice in Plano, and she says, uh, Jim, my house was built in 1991 and has an old Audio-Tech intercom system with a door station, a main panel in the kitchen, and a panel in each bedroom. I've lived there three years, and I just realized tonight that it still works. It is ugly, though, and I've been thinking about getting rid of it. I do have an Amazon Eco Alexa product in each room, and I'm wondering if there is a way to remove the intercom equipment and retrofit the openings to accommodate the Echo Dots, etc. Or am I better off just removing the system and having someone patch and repaint? Appreciate your input and ideas. Well, you, you can remove it and have you know, the dots put in. Uh, but the problem is the holes uh, from where the system was mounted on the wall and stuff are still going to show. Uh, so you're still going to end up doing some sheetrock work. 
and it's been painted probably around these things half a dozen times or more and so the behind the unit has not been painted the texturing is going to be a little bit sharper a little bit different where these systems have been installed now if you take it off and the texturing looks good and stuff you can plug the holes for the screws real easily the wires come out through a little hole you can hook them up and yeah you could probably install the dots and be done with it so uh, it does give you some options on how to do it but in essence you're going to end up doing repairs anyway so you might as well just take it out thanks for joining us for the super podcast of texas home improvement Jim has lots more on YouTube, on the TV show, and at THIPro.com. Have a good one. We'll see you next time.